it was it was a warm day and they had just made me a partner type deal you know um and my boss had kind of said something to me that really didn't sit well with me and i just remember taking off my tie and just saying well if i'm gonna kill myself I'm also kill myself for myself. Right. And, um, <laughs> and the epiphany. Yeah. This, this is the epiphany it, it was. That was Rashid Simmons. He went from... To... Who's not getting any woman, Gene? Now get it out there. From the gridiron to the grill. A former New York Giant and Carolina Panther tells his story on how he journeyed from being a professional football player to professional chef and entrepreneur. Welcome to the Drive to Thrive podcast. Real conversations with real entrepreneurs around owning and running a small business. But first, we have to pay some bills. Everyone knows how important marketing is to your business, whether you're small, medium, or large. Everyone's talking about social media these days, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It can be overwhelming if you're a small business owner. That's why this episode is brought to you by Shop Local Jersey Shore, a shop local media company. Social media management is practically a full-time job if you do it right. They save small business owners 20 to 40 hours a month so they can focus on what they do best, which is run their business. They take care of the rest to grow your brand awareness, engage your customers, and retain and acquire new customers. Whether it's Facebook, Instagram, event coverage, video for your events, photography, or even traditional things like graphics or print, Shop Local Jersey Shore is your trusted partner to ensure your social media and marketing game are on point. Contact them by email at tomshoplocal at gmail.com, or you can send them a message via Facebook at facebook.com slash shoplocaljerseyshore. This podcast is also brought to you by Molly's Broth. I really only like to promote things that I believe in. Bone broth is something that I do believe in. I watched my friend who was severely allergic to apples her entire life go on a three-week bone broth diet. Of course, she ate you know, during that time, but she was drinking bone broth as well. I think she drank it two times a day, I want to say, morning and night. And after three weeks, she was able to put the EpiPen down and take a bite out of an apple for the first time in years. Of course, she had the EpiPen handy just in case, but she's safe and sound today, so it looks like it worked. Now... I'm no doctor, so I'm not telling you to go drink some bone broth and then go hang out at P.F. Chang's if you have a peanut allergy, but hey, it's worth a shot, right? I know it worked for my friend, and I've uh, seen many stories online of it helping people in many ways from leaky gut syndrome, food intolerances, and allergies help improve your joint health. It can also reduce cellulite, believe it or not. And probably the best benefit is boosting your immune system, you know, and we're going into winter now. It's getting cold. It's time to get your immune system jacked up and ready for that uh, change from fall to winter. So, you know, bone broth is definitely a great way to keep yourself not only healthy, but it's a tasty treat and a nice way to keep warm during the winter. Molly's Broth on Instagram, Molly's Broth on Facebook. If you plan on ordering some Molly's Broth, I plan on doing it yesterday because... She is usually pretty backed up, but good luck. Send her a message, and she will brew you a batch, and you'll be ready to go in no time. And now, without further ado, former New York Giant and Carolina Panther, Mr. Rashid Simmons. Now with Rashid Simmons, former New York Giant, 6'4", 255, 48540. I was a little faster than you. <laughs> I was. What were you running the 40 in? Uh, 469. Jesus. Wow. Yeah, That's the end. Yeah, that's deadly. Tell the people, just give them your story real quick. Well, I'll give you guys the, the short version of the resume. Um, I'm originally from uh, Edison, New Jersey. I started out at the University of Michigan after I graduated high school. Uh, I was there for uh, two and a half years, uh, then transferred to the University of Maryland. I graduated from the University of Maryland uh, in 1989. 
From there, I was uh, a free agent tryout with the Giants. Uh, was there for uh, a brief stint and then uh, went on to NFL Europe and was allocated by the uh, Carolina Panthers uh, to go play NFL Europe that season, which was the uh, 2000 season. From there, I uh, came back. I, I played uh, a season with the Panthers. Hurt my wrist uh, playing the Steelers, uh, the all-famous scar. Mm-hmm. From there, I was out of football for about a year and then um, played arena ball. Uh, from there, um, I went into real estate after uh, playing football. That was, I guess, my uh, intro into uh, the corporate world, you know, in sales and trying to figure out what else I could do um, besides play football. So what, um, what was your major in college? Uh, I was actually um, family studies, uh, early okay. child development. Okay. Um, so absolutely nothing to do with business? Uh, nothing at all. Yeah, right. um, I actually, um, because I played uh, sports, a lot of guys, you know, they went into like criminal justice or, you know, something to where they could possibly be a teacher or a coach down the line. So not really sure of what I wanted to do. I, uh, you know, picked one of those majors myself and um, figured, you know, I'd, I'd be a coach, mm-hmm. you know, figured out quickly that it wasn't really, you know, for me and uh, had to figure something else out. So, uh, you know, after uh, playing, you know, kind of looked around and, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, what was, you know, best for me. And uh, I came up on, um, you know, doing real estate and uh, I started out um, uh, selling and renting apartments in Manhattan, which was very interesting. If it didn't do anything. It taught me how to hustle, you know, and how to network, and how important it is to be able to brand yourself. Uh, so that was kind of the start of it, and I was actually pretty good at it. Uh, from there, I opened up a trucking company with a buddy of mine who I went to school with. So um, you know, had a trucking company for a few years. Uh, the economy changed, and again, uh, gave me uh, all you know some tools to run a business and what it took and the sales side of it, the branding, the everything, you know, basically we do now, these are these are all steps that I took to kind of what we do today. You know, once I got done with the trucking, uh, I actually went to go work for UPS um, doing sales. And that's where I got a lot of formal um, corporate training. So, so you were corporate at that point, right? Yeah, I was. You were in the office. Yeah, I was suit and tie, tie full on, you know, laptop. Cubicle, yeah, yeah. You guys, nine yards. actually, you know, um, GPS reports, expensive. the whole yes. night, the whole night. Right? Uh, we didn't. I didn't actually you have a cubicle. Friday meetings about meetings. <laughs> <Yeah>, Friday meetings. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, the, the trips away, the uh, the training programs, <laughs> you know, all all that good stuff. You know, and um, you know, did that for uh, three years, and. Um, you know, one day, uh, I'll never forget it, it was a hot summer day, and uh, we were doing the uh, seafood festival. And at this time, you know, we had, we had only had an eatery in Englishtown, more of a weekend gig, and did, you know, festivals and, you know, small catering jobs and stuff like that. But nothing to where, you know, we took seriously, to where we thought we could really make a living at it. Mm-hmm. Was that under the Simply Southern brand? That, that was under the My Two Sons brand. My two sons. Okay, My Two Sons. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was essentially your first business. Yeah. First line of business, That was our right? first line, yeah, yeah um, which actually came about, um, I was actually still playing, I don't know how I forgot this, I was still playing and, you know, mom came to me one day and said that she wanted to open up a little weekend eatery. And that's that's how English Town started. And I wasn't there a whole lot in, you know, I, I'd say the first, you know, couple of years, you know, because I was still playing ball and 
um, just traveling, you know, starting my own businesses and that type of stuff. Uh, but it was always there. And uh, that um, afternoon, my last day at UPS, um, it, was, it was a warm day, and they had just made me a partner type deal, you know. Um, and my boss had kind of said something to me that really didn't sit well with me, and I just remember taking off my tie and just saying, well, if I'm going to kill myself, I'm also kill myself for myself. Right. And, um, <laughs> and the epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is the epiphany moment. It, it was, man. I'll never it was hot. You know, and paint that picture, paint it. You know, I, 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 you gotta think. I'm a big guy. I'm in yeah. a suit. I have a tie on. It's June. It's the second weekend in June. I'm driving down the Parkway, getting ready to go to the seafood festival, and we all know what that Friday traffic is like on the Parkway. And I'm just undoing my tie, and I'm looking at the sweat on my shirt. You know, just from throughout the day, just from going from customer to customer, making phone call to phone call, you know, entering the computer, in and out of the car. And, you know, throughout the day, like I said, being a big guy at that time, I was 280 pounds. And, you know, I'm sweating and I just said, I, you know, I could do something different. And um, I took the tie off and I remember getting off the parkway, uh, the rest area and coming through Belmar and getting here and saying to my mom that this is it. I'm never putting that tie back on. Yeah, I'm never putting it. that tie back on. That's awesome. You know, and that's kind that's kinda, you know, how it went for me. Um, because it was just it was overwhelming for me at that yeah. time. And I knew that with the training and the knowledge and the, the hustle and the willingness to want to succeed that if we took what my mom had as far as her little eatery and go put a corporate side to it, you know, and really run it like a business. Some discipline. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Some discipline, mm -hmm. you know, some some awareness, and just use some of her ideas that she was just doing down in English Town on the weekends, you know, just for fun, and, you know, really, really do something with it. And so your mom's a big contributor. Yeah. Oh, to your, yeah. She, to getting, oh, yeah. lighting the fire under your ass? Too, let, me, let me say, um, if it wasn't for the eatery, you know, none of this would have would, would have been about. We, um... Learned a lot being in English Town. There's a lot of cold days. There's a lot of you know, cold hard lessons. You know, going down there. Um, and for people that don't know English Town, you're talking about the English Town Flea Market. Yes, right? we're talking about the English Town Flea Market, which is right next to the English Town Raceway. We used to joke and call it the Dust Bowl because mm -hmm. um, you know when it was windy, Dirt you know, lot. it was dust yeah. everywhere. Yeah. But uh, when she first opened it up, there'd be buses coming from all over the country come to this flea market. It was widely known in the Northeast, you know, is one of those places where you can go get a deal. And, you know, throughout time and the uh, collapse of knockoff goods, as we should say, you know, uh, not being able to sell knockoff goods with the freedom uh, as you once could, it really, really hurt the market. So we saw the ups, you know, the downs and the ups and all that of, the, of that place. And like I said, it really, really taught us, especially mom, about, you know, the restaurant business and some of the things that that would need to take place to be you know successful and then starting you know the business in you know 2012 uh we started doing catering corporate. eatery or the eatery or simply southern simply southern okay. uh, we actually uh did the game plan for simply southern uh shortly after hurricane sandy okay. uh i was coming down here to help out guys who i knew from college and just you know roundabout through uh the years uh with um Hurricane Sandy and, you know, trying to rebuild the shore and 
that's kind of where the whole idea started of kind of uh, maybe we should look in the shore area because there wasn't any place like what we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where the whole thought process started. Mm-hmm. So while we were at the eatery and we had started the game plan to do Simply Southern, we had started doing catering, corporate catering to the city. Um, you know, as far as getting large corporate accounts, you know, and basically hustling it up to Manhattan three or four times a week. And that was uh, a major part of of us also starting Simply Southern, especially from the financial side, because, you know, it's not only did we have good recipes and things like that, but we already had a business that we were going to bring to the business as far as our catering and our, um, you know, our festivals and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So um, we were confident, you know, with that, that, um, you know, if we could maintain what we were doing in our catering side of uh, things and, um, you know, get people to try our food and educate them on what we do, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, again, we, we would uh, have some success. What are some of the, the coolest catering gigs you've done or what uh, you've done that's or a, doing? <clears throat> that's a good question, Tom. Um, so um, I guess for me, uh, the most unique one, I would say, was doing uh, What's Happening Now. Um, Bravo. That was the mm-hmm. craziest for me. All the reality stars, you know, that type of stuff. PlayStation, Pandora, Spotify. We currently do the Wendy Williams show a few times a month. So it has been good exposure for us, you know, to, again, extend our brand over to Manhattan, you know, especially with the catering side. We do a lot of healthy options, mm-hmm. which people really, really enjoy, especially in Manhattan, because, you know. Different market, right? Yeah. Different market. Yeah, different market, market yeah. down here. Right. So, um, it, you know, that's kind of uh, the gist of, of some of the uh, ingredients which we put in the pot to kind of get this going. So along that way, that journey to Simply Southern, what were some of the pitfalls? What was the hardest part about, what was the hardest part about opening a business in Belmar just after the devastation of Sandy? Like, what was the hardest part about getting it all to come together? Did you um, have any pitfalls? I, oh yeah, there's just definitely tons of pitfalls. And, uh, Here's a good example. Uh, learning lessons. Well, just about, you know, the learning part of, of doing the actual build out of the restaurant. Like the finding the, exactly. Yep. Finding the location, finding where we're gonna be, how we're gonna get the tables, how we're gonna get the chairs. Mm-hmm. Those were things that were something that of a challenge for us. You know, working on a limited budget. You know, when most people open a business, you know, they go into it with a hundred thousand dollars, hundred fifty thousand dollars. Or investors or things like or that. Investors. And mom and I basically, you know, we're going off our backs, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, what we were making, you know, through the catering uh, side of, uh, of the business being, you know, taken advantage of above con- contractors. You know, that was one thing that we experienced, which was a pitfall for us, you know, because during that time, you know, everyone was getting, you know, contracts to do stuff for Sandy and things mm-hmm. like that. So contractor come, maybe they'd start the job, wouldn't, wouldn't show for weeks on end. And then you're kind of left holding the bag. Um, as we sit in the restaurant, the bar was something that was left undone to where, you know, I had to come Bob the Builder just to f- figure it out. And, and, and those are things, as a small business owner, I feel in order to be successful that it, it's a main ingredient. You have to be willing to do 
the the things that are out of your comfort zone. You know, you may become the plumber one day and the carpenter the next day. Yeah. You know, it's true. You got to kind of wear many hats. You, yeah. You're, you're yeah. wearing all of them. Yeah. You know, uh, you have emotional problems. You know, staff. You know, you know, people come to work and they bring their problems. You know, it's like you're dealing with that. So it's like you're a psychiatrist one day. You know, again, it's like you have your chef hat on the next day. Then you're a supplier the next day. You know, it's. But you jack of all trades. You have to be. Yeah. And um, honestly, wouldn't trade it for the world because, you know, I'm doing it for myself. And it's like, you know, I really don't have uh, anyone looking over my shoulder. Yeah. You know, and you learn as you go. You, you, obviously, you make mistakes. You know, but you, you learn from your mistakes. And, um, you know, you keep, you keep pushing. You don't ever have to wear that suit again. I hope not. <laughs> you still got that tie? Like in a I do case. have the tie. I do. You know, you it's funny. Um, it? yeah. There are certain days, I, you know, I will put the suit and tie on. And I do think about it, you know, um, the security of um, going back to corporate America. Because, you know, you do have that sense of... Steady paycheck. Exactly. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you do and you don't, right? You do and you don't. Yeah. So you live <clears throat> by the sword, you die by the sword. Right. And um, it's kind of, I guess, my personality and uh, who I am and just... I don't gamble, but you know this is one thing that you know I, I'm all in. As they say in the gambling you know, world, it's like you know I've got all my chips on the table, and it's like and I think that's the only way you're going to be successful is to kind of go all in. It's the same thing with sports. You know, it's um, you dedicate yourself at a young age, and you know you may not go be able to go to all the Sweet 16s and all the little parties and things like like that because you're training or working out or going to camps. But in the end, you know, the long-term goal of getting that full scholarship or getting that opportunity to play at another, at a higher level, you know, it, it, all, it all works itself out. So it's, you know, I wouldn't trade it in. Like that transition from being a football star to no longer playing, when you were leaving football, what was that feeling like knowing that you weren't, you weren't going to play again? Well, the biggest thing is uh, uncertainty. You know, um, because, you know, playing football is not like playing baseball, basketball, where you're guaranteed a contract or, you know, you're not even guaranteed your next week's paycheck. So playing football at the next level, you already have a sense of uncertainty day to day, week to Baked week. In. Yeah, it's already kind of embedded in you that, you know, this is kind of the deal that I signed up for. Mm -hmm. uh, so moving forward. I found that um, it actually helped me deal with any challenges. You know, I was able to persevere because, you know, I'm used to being under that pressure. My mom will say to me sometimes if a catering order comes down to the last wire or we have a restaurant, you know, she'll say, I don't like being under that pressure. And one thing as an athlete, you know, you kind of thrive under the, the, that, the pressure of, you know, it's like we're down to the last minute. Here we go. It's game time. Yeah, you embrace it. Yeah. You know, it's 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 definitely something that um, you learn to use as as a positive. Um, don't get me wrong; you have your your blow up moments, just like anybody else, because you're human. But for the most part, you know, you're able to, uh, you know, as Tom said, you know, embrace those uh, moment moments of challenge. You know, um, when I come in the kitchen and the guys in the back tell me this isn't working or that isn't working, you know, it is like a challenge just to fix it or, or get it taken care of and not really have to call someone, you know, because you've seen it done and you're confident that, okay, I can fix this. You know, I, I've seen the plumber fix this. I know what I'm doing. I've got the tools. I'm going to do it myself. And, and they look at you like, wow, you fixed it. And, you know, I'm saying to myself, wow, I fixed it too. I just, I just <laughs> saved myself 165 bucks. Yeah, you posted on Facebook, you know, I just fixed this. <laughs> you know, exactly. 
you know, so new um, hat, plumber hat, exactly. <laughs> so right? yeah. th- th- those are you know some of the, some of the transitions that I think sports has helped me. Uh, you know, because like I said, you know, kind of calm and cool under pressure, the best you can. You do have your moments uh, where, where you, you lose it, but you know, for the most part, you know, it's like. The crazy it gets, you know, the deeper breath, the calmer the heart rate has to go, you know, because mm-hmm. you, you, you like it, you, you know, you like what's, what's, what you're doing, you know, more so you like it, you love it. And that's the thing of the story with the tie. It's like, I liked the tie, it was cool, but I didn't love it, you know, and I love what I do. Um, I love what I do now, you know, it, it's a challenge every day. So you say things get crazy. Like, what do you do when those things get crazy? Do you go to the gym. No, I go to the gym. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do blow off steam. Yeah, I definitely, I go to the gym. I get on the bike. For those who don't know, I'm, I'm a big Harley guy. Um, I ride as much as I can. Um, so anyone who's ever rode a bike or a Harley knows that's, that's probably one of the most therapeutic things you can do to uh, blow off some steam and, um, you know, relax. So uh, just, you know, just kind of, Take it, take a few hours, and you know, and uh, you know, hit the parkway, blow it off, and come back, and just start all over again. Mm-hmm. It's good you keep a practice outside of just business. You got something to do. Oh yeah, you know, to make um, sure your mind is in the right mindset to come into work. Well, it's funny because I was telling the buddy uh, earlier today. You know, it, it all works. It's all about balance, and it's like you know, I try to eat right. I know it's hard. I try to work out. You know, and you know, I try. You know, and do the things that's going to keep me within a stable mind, you know, mind, body, and soul, mm-hmm. and um, you know, kind of keep me in balance. And again, it all plays a part of, you know, what you do, uh, you know, your day-to-day. Not a lot of people uh, probably know this, but I know you, you say you're a master, uh, a jack-of-all-trades, but you actually know how to cook. Yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> that too. Tell uh, us about your uh, your culinary training. Um, so basically, um, I, w- I would say that goes back to um, junior high. There was a time where my mom, she had worked 3 to 11, so she had, you know, was working third shift for transit. Uh, and she taught me how to, you know, make a few meals, you know, you know pasta with meat sauce, you know, that type of stuff, mashed potatoes, you know, uh, I do, you know, chicken and all that stuff. And then um, as I got older, the knowledge just expanded. And, you know, by the time I got to college, you know, uh, the barbecues were at my place, um, you know, I was smoking meat, I was, I was doing the whole, the whole thing in college. So if the party was on, it was at my house. Uh, just, you know, mainly because I, I was the cook. And just, you know, living on your own for so long, you have to know how to throw some things together. And then, you know, when we started really doing the catering is when I started to uh, um, really, really pay close attention to what my mom was doing and uh, realizing what she was doing was, was not only a, a trade, but a treasure that was passed down from her great-grandmother to grandmother to herself and um, now myself. And, um, you know, I kind of felt like it was my responsibility to kind of learn. Carry the torch. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so, um, you know, that, that played a large part. And then, you know, again, me being in today's times and just trying to keep up with it and just trying to put, you know, my own personal spin on certain things that, you know, that are traditional. Uh, which is sometimes met with resistance, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, But, you know, um, constantly, you know, gaining knowledge, just, you know, watching, learning, reading, 
and um, you know just experimenting. You know, I, I go to a lot of restaurants. You know, not even just to just to eat, but just to see how it's done. Uh, to uh, to learn, you know, how their staff is serving, you know, what they do, you know, how they color coordinate, you know, the music they listen to, you know, the color scheme, the specials, you know, because uh, I feel like if you don't constantly uh, train yourself, you know, just like in sports, you know, you, you constantly train yourself to get better. And as a business owner, it's the same thing. And if you don't, I don't think you'll be successful. You know, you look at the great ones, you know, they're always evolving, you know, and that's why every six months we're getting a new cell phone, you know, it's the latest this, the latest that, and, you know, it's, it's the same thing in business. Oh, it's time for food porn. Give us a sample of your of your menu. What's, uh, what are you cooking up at Civilly Southern? So, at this time of year, I, I would definitely um, recommend the Smothered Turkey, um, which, if you guys don't know, which was just featured on Restaurant Hunters. Uh, Mom did a uh, Smothered Turkey and stuffing um, recipe. Uh, you guys can catch that out on their uh, link. Yeah, put that in the show notes for yeah. the uh, for the episode. It's on uh, Verizon Fios One. Mm-hmm. I know because I was actually uh, here for one of those. Yes. You know, it's on Mondays and Thursdays. So yeah, we'll link that. Uh, yeah, so um, I'd actually kind of stick with um, the uh, smothered turkey. It's kind of one of my favorites. It comes with the stuffings, you know, some collard green yams. You know, kind of keep it in season. It's the holiday season. Uh, those are one of my favorites. Obviously, the meatloaf. You can't go wrong there. And one of the things that we are definitely famous for is our desserts. As we, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, she was kind enough to uh, warm us up uh, with a, a warm apple pie, yeah. Yeah. some ice cream, yeah. whipped cream. Yeah. So you're, you're lucky you're not listening to Tom snore right now. <laughs> for the afternoon dessert. So yeah, that's your afternoon delight. <laughs> that's one of the uh, whole, uh, good things about uh, uh, coming here to eat. It's um, we try to uh, serve dishes uh, with a wow factor. You know, um, if you go to our Facebook page, uh, Simply Southern Belmar, um, be able to see some of our um, uh, dishes, our, our seafood gumbo, our chicken gumbo, uh, the uh, smothered turkey with stuffing that I'm uh, speaking Got about. Got some awards on the wall too, man. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, so it goes, it goes back to our um, festival days as well. Um, so we do a lot of competitions around the Jersey Shore, uh, crab cake competitions, cook-offs, um, meatball competitions uh, we entered last year for the first time um so um the, the trophies you see around the bar basically are um, us winning uh rather a crab cake competition or some sort of uh, food competition for the festival side of uh, what we do the catering side of what we do uh you'll see some articles uh, that the asbury park press has uh, written about us about uh, mom and myself um, you know, and some of the, you know, different dishes, you know, that we cook. You know, the biggest thing about being where we are is that um, anybody who knows Jersey, especially Monmouth, Middlesex, you know, Ocean County, you know, you go to any strip mall, there's there's three things you're going to see. You're going to see a Chinese restaurant, a pizza place, you know, and some other probably random just off-the-wall breakfast type bagel place Mm -hmm. and um, there's not a lot of places that do uh, southern comfort food around here so Mm -hmm. you know part of you know I feel our job is to kind of educate people you know um, we have a lot of Mm -hmm. first-timers and as I tell my servers um, I really really stress this to them that people you know this is their first time so you have to kind of have to walk people through the menu and give them an understanding of what we're all about and what we're trying to provide. You know, realizing that when you come here, it's like going to your grandmother's house and just letting her, you know, say, hey, relax, let us feed you the way you should be fed and understanding that when, you, when you're when you done, you're not gonna want for anything. 
you'll be full. Yeah, you'll be full. Yeah, you'll be full. Sit back and enjoy the journey. Exactly. You know, so, you know, and that's 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 part of our you know everyday battle. But to uh, get back to some of the decor, yeah, we got some um, articles. We do um, deal with local artists that we uh, oftentimes hang on the wall. So some of the art that you see around the wall are just artists, local artists that um, have uh, given art to uh, our walls. Cool. We do uh, have a small bar. Uh, we don't serve alcohol. We are BYOB. Uh, but there is a excellent liquor store that's less than. 100 feet away, mm-hmm. uh, so a lot, of, a lot of times, you know, people, you know, they'll come with their wine, uh, we'll give them a wine bucket, you know, some wine glasses, light their candle, uh, let them sit back and enjoy the music. On Saturdays, we have live entertainment, uh, which seems to go over very well with our clientele, and um, let people just enjoy their food, you know, and just uh, realize that, as my mom would say, um, soul food doesn't always have to come from a greasy spoon which is kind of a southern term um, that, you know, if you go for a southern restaurant, you know, it's going to be out of a white box and, you know, it's not going to be um, an upscale service. And I beg to differ that, you know, you can do it you know, a little differently. You're doing it well. well you, you, even though uh, it's a BYOB, you did leave out one, uh, one key item on the menu, in my opinion, is uh, mom's tea. Sweet tea. Yeah. I mean, um, four... Yeah, so um, every every day, you know, mom uh, makes her uh, teas. She makes a, a lemonade iced tea, uh, a homemade lemonade, a peach mango tea, and um, sometimes she'll do like a watermelon punch. Everybody's licking their lips right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am. Yeah, you know. I have to get um, myself a cup of know, ice yeah. and head over there. She'll do like a watermelon punch or some sort of. Um, you know, whatever she's feeling that day. It's kind of, again, one of our staples that uh, people really enjoy when they come in is the uh, homemade teas. Um, they're right there in front of you, so they're, they're, they're hard to miss. But yeah, they're definitely something I would uh, recommend. Last question, Rashid. Talk to me. You're a big dude, man. What was day one like in that kitchen? <laughs> Were you Honestly, bumping into stuff and knocking things You know, the funny, the funny thing about it is uh, we opened up on, um, was that Labor Day weekend? Oh, jeez. So... We we, traffic. Oh, wow. we we opened up busy. Yeah, so you got thrown right into the oh, yeah. right into the fire. Yeah, right into right? it. And the biggest thing was um, figure it out, <laughs> figure it out quickly, and to uh, be able to take criticism, you know, from customers, uh, being able to uh, figure out your system. That that was the biggest thing in the kitchen is, is figuring out our system. Which I'll be honest, that that was uh, from the kitchen standpoint, that was the longest and the hardest part. Is this all right? Who's going to be where? Who's going to do what? And how are we going to do this? Because my mom basically wanted to see every dish that walked out. And, you know, anyone that knows anything about business, you know, that's impossible. So we had to figure out our system. Um, so that was the biggest thing. And we had to figure it out fast because uh, not only was it us opening up to th- a busy weekend, but a month later we were on Channel 7 News for uh, Neighborhood Eats, uh, Lauren Glassberg. And, you know, with that TV coverage on top of us being here for the summertime traffic, it really, really, like, just bombed us. So we, we had to figure it out quick. And uh, like I said, we're still figuring it out day to day. And just, um, you know, we just hope that um, our customers in- enjoy you know, uh, what we're trying to do. I lied, there's one last question. Knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. today, if there's one thing you could change, do differently from day one, what would it be, if anything? I put the peach cobbler on the menu full time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Life That's a great lesson way. for any <laughs> That's a great uh, yeah. That's great. Now, what about permits and uh, <laughs> advertising <laughs> or social media marketing? Put like the peach cobbler peach on the menu. Yeah. 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 Um, no, seriously. 
the biggest thing I, I guess I would say um, that, I, that I've learned is just uh, you have to uh, stay on top of your, your books uh, from a tax standpoint uh, because it'll, it'll, it's, it can be overwhelming very quickly. Uh, n knowing what your payroll is and what you can afford, uh, what you can't afford, and um, try and make up the expenses where you can. You know, if, if, you, if you have to roll your sleeve up and be the dishwasher for a couple of days, and so be it. You know, um, uh, don't let your pride stand in the way of success. Right. That's good. Beautiful. Right on. Great way to end it. Yeah. Rashid Simmons, thank you so much, buddy. No problem. Appreciate it. Yeah, and for anybody listening out there, uh, if you do want to come, check out Simply Southern. It's uh, 817 Belmar Plaza, right off Main Street, right off Route 35. For the, uh, anyone in North Jersey or South Jersey, whatever, which way you're coming on the parkway, it's exit 98. And uh, Waze will tell you the rest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's easy to get here. Give us a call, 732-243-9259. Uh, we'll be more than happy to help you guys get here if um, you're not too friendly with your smartphone. Uh, so just give us a call. I'll be more than happy to help you. And make a reservation. Yeah, this definitely. This place gets busy. You it have does. to make a reservation. <laughs> and if right. any of you are planning a holiday party, birthday party, yeah. corporate event, you yeah. know, don't forget the catering. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Right, guys. I appreciate you're you. Welcome. Thank That's you. Right. That was our interview with Rashid. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. Always really interesting to see how somebody makes the journey, you know, from college, whether they went to college or not, their first few jobs into entrepreneurship. I mean, here you have a guy that was All-America, D1 football player at Michigan, you know, Maryland, you know, played in the NFL, and, uh, and now is running a restaurant. Yeah. And what happened in between? And it's, uh, and it's also interesting to see how each one of those uh, stops – uh, you know, contributed to this their success. Yeah. You know, they may not have ended well, but there was always a golden nugget in each in each stop. I mean, you look at somebody like Rashid, who's played football his entire life, goes to school and gets a degree in something completely out of the ordinary yeah. from what he's doing family today. Family studies, right? Family yeah. studies. I think that some of the golden nuggets that we heard from him, one that stuck out most to me is even the jobs that he had along the way, he learned something from, right? So in real estate, it taught him how to hustle, how to network, how to make connections. Yep. Right? Leverage those connections to you know, grow your business. Correct. So if you think about it from an entrepreneur's perspective, the more people you know inside the business, outside of the business, the better. And I think that goes along for life in general. The more people you know, the more connections you have. It goes back to the old saying, it's not what you know, it's, it's who, who you know. know. Yeah, and so when you get into a jam, and you are running into trouble with the town for some permit or you need legal advice. Well, you got a good network. Someone's like, oh, I know Beth over at, uh, at Town Hall. Mm -hmm. Tell her Vinny sent you. You know, you know Vinny. Or, you know, you know what? This guy's really good. He'll help you out with this jam. Yeah. You know, but like if you hadn't gone and built that network, you know, it wouldn't have happened. I think a couple things that stood out to me also were um, don't let your pride get in the way. If anybody would have a reason to let their pride get in the way, you know, it'd be Rashid. It'd be Rashid. I mean, think about it. You yeah. were you played at the, if not one of the number one, one of the most well-known universities for college football, Michigan. You know, Tom Brady, Wolverines. You you played in the NFL, the New York Giants. You played with Strahan. It's wild, right? Wild, right? You were yeah. one of the probably first batch of players to play in the uh, NFL Europe. You were great at everything that you've ever done, right? And, and now, now all of a sudden, yeah. And now you're running a restaurant. You might have to deal with somebody that calls out. You might have to like roll your sleeves up and get underneath an oven to figure out a gas line and do your own plumbing or do, fix something because a contractor screwed you. Yeah, I don't know who. who? Their, uh, yeah, I don't know who in their right mind says, you know, I'm gonna take uh, Rashid Simmons's money, six four, you know, two eighty, 
uh, NFL player sees the picture hanging on in the restaurant with the jersey, says, with the jersey, <laughs> and says, "You know what? I'm going to take his uh, several thousand dollars and not come back." Uh, you're uh, that's and just... set foot in this town ever again. I look at that as just like Russian roulette and suicide at the same time. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Um, the other thing I think is to go all in. You know, I think, yeah. and he's not a gambler. Yeah, he, he mentioned that. that. Yeah, he's, he's not saying, a gambler. He's, you know? he's, I'm not a gambler, but yeah. I put all my chips in. Yeah, and I think that's important. Yeah, it's like if you don't put all your chips in, you're probably not going to be successful. Right. Right. You might attain some success, but is it going to be sustainable? Because going all in will sustain you when things aren't going well, yeah. when things aren't going your way. Or when business is slow and you're wondering, should I continue to do this? But if you're all in, you're thinking about, well, how can I figure out this problem? Or what can I do to pivot? Or maybe what can I do different in my business? Mm-hmm. He's got to have that. Being at the Jersey Shore, you know how seasonal some of the businesses are and how the population shrinks after Labor Day. And you have to really build a local following. And not even a, lo- a local following, probably like a, maybe a regional following. Yeah, I've seen him in action when he was doing his toy drive and uh, two weeks out, I'm like, Rashid, I'm like, you might want to have more lead time. He's like, no, I got it covered. All of a sudden, literally that night, Dela Cruz on NJ12 is doing a spot on Rashid's um, toy drive. Harley Davidson, uh, uh, the Children's Hospital at Red Bank, and then Madonna House just calls and says, hey, we want to be a part of it. And all of a sudden, because his network heard he was doing something good for the community, Never wanted to jump on the bandwagon, but he also knew how to uh, get the media involved, which yeah. is not not an easy thing. Even if you know them, could you imagine you call up one of the top three you know newscasters in the state and says, "Hey, you mind doing a little blurb about my toy drive?" And within two hours, is sending you a script and uh, a video clip, and it's on TV that night. That just goes back to Rashid's hustle. Yeah, and like he said, with sports, it taught him how to. Not be scared of failing, but don't fail. Also, you know, it's it's uh, about just yeah. also two weeks of time. It's like well, thing he said in the interview, we're always under a state of pressure. Yeah, you know, fourth and long, thirty seconds to go. You know, we're taught to stay calm, cool, and calm, stay and collected, cool, calm, take a breath, and actually, and also thrive under that pressure. So to him, it wasn't pressure. To sure. me, a mere mortal on the outside looking in, going, "You're insane." Yeah, no. He's like, I might sweat if it was tomorrow, and I was playing again. Two yeah. weeks. That's so much time. So he's very cool, calm, and collected. I mean, you could even hear it in his voice when he's talking yeah, to us. He's very cool, you know? calm, and collected. We talked about a lot of like up and, and down downs. kind of things, but like that whole thing about being even keeled. He lives by his mantra. He lives by you his know, mantra. It's like take a breath, yeah, chill. And Rashid's a very humble, yeah, humble former NFL player. Yeah, humble and, and like I said, don't let your pride get in the way. Yeah. You know, he's like, I learned how to be a plumber. I learned how to be. An electrician. I learn how to fix things myself. I'd rather spend, you know, uh, my own time than pay a couple hundred bucks to a technician to do something. I've had people call out, and I'm welcoming them into the restaurant. I'm seating them. I'm taking their order, and I'm going back to the kitchen. Heck, and I've had to cook some of their food. And I think also, like, also, like we talk about those stops on that journey. If you ever watch any of the interviews with um, restaurant hunters and with his mom, she talks about how she taught Rashid to cook in junior high. And he talks about how she taught him to cook a few meals. I'm pretty sure as Rashid was playing All-America football in Edison, New Jersey, and going to college at Michigan in the upper echelon of uh, D1 football, he wasn't thinking, man, all, these, all, all this time with mom in the kitchen is going to help out when I own a restaurant one day. You know, and then fast forward after he uh, tears the tie off, after that long drive, after getting promoted at UPS and saying, this tie is never coming back on, they had a food stand at a, fl- a flea market, Englishtown flea market, for everybody that's local, we really know who that is. 
on weekends into a catering business where they're bringing their their Simply Southern food, which actually wasn't even called that that then, My Two Sons, to New York City corporations, you know, startups. Like everyone here, everyone probably uses Dropbox, you know, or, or has heard of, you know, the Andy Cohen show and Wendy Williams show. And now he's got a catering business and a wildly popular brick and mortar restaurant, you know, right here in Belmar, New Jersey. Yeah, it's an amazing story to go from football player to real estate, then owning your own trucking business, working for UPS and sales, and then just seeing the light, having that epiphany and saying, I'm not going to kill myself for someone else. Yeah, I'm going to work for myself. If I'm going to kill myself, it's going to be for myself. Yeah. That's the epiphany. Just That's like we talked epiphany. about, you know, in the sort of why we're doing this in the beginning. It's like, how do we spotlight people who have uh, taken that leap from working for somebody else to being an entrepreneur, owning or running their own business, whether it's their business or a franchise, but they're owning themselves, and uh, what it takes, you know, to to get that off the ground. And you know, I think he personifies Drive to Thrive, and that's why I'm super excited that he was our inaugural episode. Yeah, it's great to have such a great story as our opener. Yeah, I'm excited to put this out there. So, folks, uh, thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us at Drive to Thrive Podcast. We are also on Facebook. Uh, Drive to Thrive Podcast and Instagram, uh, Drive to Thrive Podcast as well. Also, want to give thanks to our sponsors, Molly's Bone Broth, right here in Asbury Park, and Shop Local Jersey Shore, uh, Shop Local Media Company. This podcast really depends upon our listeners uh, helping us out. And you're wondering, well, how can we help you out? Well, if you're a, a small business owner, or maybe you're a local resident and have a, have a recommendation on some businesses you want us to spotlight. We're more than happy to chat with uh, with you and, and bring you on the show. And then uh, secondarily, if you go to drivetothrive.me, our website, you can see our donations page. Uh, we're always looking for some uh, material and financial support to help keep us going. Uh, there's lots of uh, expenses, as you know, if you run a, a small business. And we appreciate any support, no matter how small, that you can uh, send our way. And of course... Uh, tell people about our podcast and uh, hopefully you enjoy it and uh, share it with others too again thanks for listening everyone if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be able to provide you this wonderful podcast so please subscribe and thanks again i'm joe i'm tom and uh, we'll see you next week peace for the best, yeah, I'm plotting for the best, coming straight from the dirt. I'm sprouting up a stem, here I come, yo, success. Where you at? I'm fully dressed with a vest.